Hi everyone, how you doing? It's Nelly here. Oh my god, today I am so excited. Like I know people say that and then they say this, but I really do mean it. We're joined today by Jane Montgomery Griffiths. Now, unlike many of my guests, Jane is not a comedian. She has a proper job, by which I mean she's an academic. She's currently head of School of Performing Arts at Coll Arts in Melbourne. But Jane, of course, has creative bones. She's a well-known theatre and television actor. You might have seen her on The Bill or Red Dwarf or very MTC and other plays. She's a prolific and award-winning writer and a very well-respected director. I met Jane recently at the premiere of a play she'd written. Now, this is a little bit embarrassing for me, but I loved it so much I bailed her up afterwards and begged her to come on the podcast, quite literally. Luckily for me, she agreed. Now, in this episode, Jane and I talk about that play, It'll be very relevant to many of you, and I've mentioned it before. We also talk about her other work. We get into experiencing that first blinding young love. Uh, We talk about our relationship with our bodies as we age and whether or not there's a one for everyone. We also take a great listener call on whether or not we have to be body positive and why there's a certain amount of weirdly ironic, destructive pressure in the sex positivity movement. Look, I've been sitting on this episode for about a month or so, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Like it's one of my favorites for sure. I mean, firstly, because Jane is just brilliant, but she's also just so thoughtful, erudite. She's a trained classicist. All the nerds out there will love this aspect of the episode and everyone else will just love Jane's vulnerability and her candor. Look, as always, while we're here, this podcast was recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. To support the podcast today, I'm going to ask you to get out your phone right now and share this episode or another episode with a friend or to social media. And lastly, one quick thing, uh, a warning. This is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. So if you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So off your fuck. Enjoy the tour de force that is Jane Montgomery Griffiths. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we could talk it through.
Welcome to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40. And we are joined today by my very special co-host, Jane Montgomery Griffiths. Welcome, Jane. Hello, Nelly. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Like, I've got so many questions. I feel like we're going to veer off the run sheet altogether because <laughs> I'm just like ping, 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 ping. So let's start. You are primarily a playwright. Uh, no, I'd say I'm mostly an actor. Well, look, mostly I'm a bit of everything, really. Yes. Primarily, I have a day job, which yes. is I'm head of the School of Performing Arts at Coll Arts. Yes. Before that, I was professor of theatre at Monash. Wow. Before they closed it down. Yeah. Mm, um, shame. But I've all, I, I fell into that by accident. Mm. I mean, quite literally, it was because when I migrated here, I couldn't get a job at Coles. This, yeah. is, this is the honest truth. I arrived so here. So you get a PhD because you I can't go to Coles. That's exactly it. I thought... I. I so I failed the interview for a call centre. Oh, my god! I applied to be a Connie on a tram the same month they, they decided to scrap them. What? Didn't get a job at Coles. And I thought the only way I can earn a living is to do a PhD because I'll get a scholarship. Oh, that's incredible. So I'm absolutely the accidental academic. That's incredible. You probably don't know this about me, but I was almost an academic. So well, I moved to Melbourne. I celebrate yeah. your escape. <laughs> my escape. Well, I'm in two minds because... I did – this will make you cry as a as a professor. I did probably 80,000 words in almost three years. Oh. And then got offered a job. Yes. And went, oh, yeah, I think I'll take that job. Yeah. Thinking I'll go back. I'll yeah, go nah. Back. You don't go back. The only reason I did was because I had two small kids and a mortgage yeah. riding on it. You know, I had to yeah. get it done for my job. What was your thesis on? Uh, <laughs> just prepare to fall asleep now, listeners. <laughs> it was on the correlation between performance studies yeah. and a philological examination of Sophocles' Electra. Oh, incredible. I'm, I'm an ancient Greek scholar. Tell me, what is what did you say? Philological? Yeah. What does philological mean? Uh, studying of words. Okay. So I had been, I, I've been obsessed with this play since yeah. I was 14. It's yeah. what, well, I read it at 14. I thought, I've got to learn Greek yeah. so I can understand this and I've got to become an actress because I've got to act her. Wow. Both of which I did. So it really hit you. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I had this real nerdy thing. So yeah. there's, you know, for instance, there's this one line in the play in Greek, mm. which is esontokleidos edos elektrastode. Mm. which literally means sort of, is that that over there, the glorious image that they're of Electra? Oh. And I, it just did my head in yes. that there was no, hey, are you my sister? Yeah. It's nothing like that. It was all this objectivity. <laughs> so I, I was the kind of nerd who mm. would extrapolate that into 20,000 words. I love All it. about performativity and about, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, absence of subjectivity and stuff yeah. like that, relating it too to my experience of acting her and also yes. understudying Fiona Shaw when she acted her. Right. So, um, wow. oh, yeah, I'm just a nerd. Incredible. So we're talking late 90s? Uh, I finished it 2006. Yeah. I migrated here in 1997. Yeah. Wow. So you actually landed in Melbourne roughly about the same time as me. Right. So we would have been, weirdly, studying at similar times. Where were you? Melbourne Uni. Uh, me too. Oi. There we go. <laughs> that old place. <laughs> 
So let me go back because obviously yes. we're relationship focused. Yes, yeah, sure. You've been in a relationship for twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. Yep. The so longest where... one night stand yeah. in history. <laughs> Was it meant to be one night stand? Yes, absolutely. Tell me. Absolutely. So I uh, look, I, I am a child of Thatcher's eighties. Yes. Which is dreadful. So yes. I grew up. I mean, I'm still suffering the trauma from the shaggy perm, obviously, and yeah, the, uh, yeah. the, the you know those day glow jumpsuits we oh, used yes. to wear with the big belts. Yes. Anyway, um, so and, and the oppression of the working class. Uh, oh, that one you know, too. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That that, that <laughs> yes. little chestnut. Um, so I was. I remember having my first erotic dream, yeah. which of course was about my classics teacher, Miss Kent. Oh, fantastic. Um, at school? At school, yeah. And yeah. having... having Shout a, out to Miss Kent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Pippa. Um, I've never told her that. And um, uh, I... Oh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would look out of the window at school to see if her car... She had one of those oh. two CV... You know, the, yeah, the maroon yeah. and black old Citroens. Oh, wow. You know, and, and because I, I was the only kid really doing classics yeah. at my school, it was a state school, yeah. but they still had a classics department. You are Hermione so, Granger, uh, And when yeah. I read the Harry Potter books yeah. and I saw her excitement, almost, I mean, she, yeah. was, she was almost orgasming yes. about the excitement of doing Absolutely. a revision timetable. Yeah, yeah. I thought, and the I, hand up. I'm there. Me, that was me. That was me. me that was me. me. Yes. Only she was cooler. But I did have similarly curly hair yeah. in those days. Um, so I knew that there was something a bit odd. So you're a teenager. Me. I'm now 15, 16. Yeah, and you're no, we're talking 1980s? Yeah, 84, 85. 84, 85, and you get a crush on your female classics teacher. Yes. And how did that yes. sit with you? Uh, it's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I was associated with her. Mm. Um, and I was also aware that there was, you know, something a bit odd because all my mates had got boyfriends. Yeah, yeah. And I was actually punched in the face by a girl called Paula um, for she thought that I had suggested to her boyfriend that she was a lesbian, which I hadn't. Um, But, you know, that was the culture where that was the worst thing you could imagine. Funny enough, Mm. years later, I bumped into Paula at Gay Pride. Please tell me she's a lesbian. Oh, and how? Of course she is. And how? And she was the personal chef for Kofi Annan. Oh, (laughs) as you do. If only you'd hooked up with her. I know, I know. And she was saying to me, oh, my God, if only we'd known. Can you imagine? Anyway, so I was doing a school play. Uh, We were doing a production of Hippolytus by Euripides with the boys' school. As it was under the title, The Torrid Story of a Woman's Incestuous Love, oh. directed by Miss Kent. So yeah. I was in the seventh heaven. I was playing Phaedra, and it was the um, the after-show party. Yeah. And the boy who was playing Theseus, my husband, so mm. he was about five foot one, and he looked like Barney Rubble. <laughs> and he came up to me and he said, uh, look, I've asked everybody else, and they've all said no, so will you go out with me? Oh. And I was so flattered that Aww. somebody would ask me I said yeah Aww. and then I wondered what it was all about because yeah. I just couldn't get kissing and you yeah. know boys smell strange yeah. and his parents loved me something wasn't feeling no, right no so yeah. then I went off to I mean it's not the greatest pickup line I've ever heard no but it just gives you a sense of my <laughs> self-esteem no doesn't and, it and I mean that is a recurring theme in this podcast oh my god well as I've been listening to the podcast I've thought again and again yep Yep, yeah. yep, I relate to the that. The amount of shame that humans internalise and then there's a gendered layer on top of it and then there's yeah. a sexuality layer on top of that yeah. again. I mean, it's just, it's heartbreaking. This this sense that you should be so grateful yeah. that somebody finds you attractive. Someone gave me a bit of attention. Yeah. 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 
and he was he was lovely and you know his mum loved me yeah and I got I got him to get into Oxford um but I thought I knew it wasn't it wasn't right so how long did you date quote-unquote him about three months probably yeah um and all the while you've got the hots for for the classics teacher (laughs) yeah yeah and how old was she oh I mean, she seemed ancient, but she was probably about 28. I yeah. don't know. It's, it's that, that and I'm assuming thing. nothing happened. Oh, God, no. No, no, it no, was no, a, no. It was an unrequited... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Story yeah. of my life until 28 <laughs> years ago. So then I went off to uni, yeah. and that was a real um, hotbed. You know, yeah. it, was, it was Cambridge in the 80s. I was at King's, yeah. which was the radical lefty college, the yeah. one that sort of encouraged state school kids like me to come along. Yeah. My mind was being blown by oh. my incredible classics teachers. I was doing all the acting I possibly could. And... I had this string of boyfriends. Yeah. And it's quite remarkable. If, if I mean, I appreciate that this is for the over 40s, but yeah. my advice to any young woman who can't get laid yeah. is frankly, <laughs> just say no yeah. for a while. Right. Because, of course, I had no interest in them. Yes. I mean, intellectually. So they were like, I can get her, I can get her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I had. I had two or three marriage proposals wow. um and i and i never had sex with them yeah because it completely turned me it was sort of a penis oh my yeah. god i could think of nothing more disgusting <laughs> you know and i still remember my older brother i was 12 my older brother describing could to have me, been a sign well it's interesting you say that <laughs> yeah. my older brother describing oral sex to me and thinking yeah. what you put that in yeah. your mouth why I could get the other one, but not. Yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, um, so, yeah. Um, so, of course, interestingly, my last boyfriend, who was delightful, and we, he was the director who directed most of the shows I was in. Of course, he and, was. Yeah, so this passionate theatrical yeah, yeah, relationship, yeah. and he was the one who told me I was a lesbian. So prior to this, we're talking early twenties, I'm guessing. Late I'm, teens. I'm nineteen twenty. I was nineteen twenty. So prior to this. The word lesbian hadn't occurred to you? It was the most shameful thing you could imagine. This was yeah. Thatcher's Britain. Clause yeah. 28 had just been brought in. Yeah. Um, I was terrified yeah. of Butch Dykes. Yeah. I just couldn't get it yeah. at all. I, yeah. I, I, I was. I remember I was running the student theatre at the time mm. and we all had this, These when we, we launched a campaign um, of, of shows to protest against Clause 28. So Clause mm. 28 was the really invidious legislation that said it was against the law to publicly, was it publicly or actively promote homosexuality mm. um, from any government-funded organisation? Oh. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So we programmed a whole load of gay and lesbian um, shows at the ADC, and uh, we got Mary Whitehouse involved. Oh, she was the you. great campaign. I know it's fantastic. <laughs> we had bomb threats and death threats. It I was bet. all so exciting, I and bet. we were all going around wearing these little pell badges because you know it's the yeah. late eighties, and so you had your CND, yeah. you had your ANC, and you had the little badge saying, "How dare you presume I'm heterosexual?" Yeah, and I remember thinking, and you're still thinking I'm straight. No, 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 I know, I know I'm not. No, at this but point, I'm I can't. desperately hoping I've made yeah, a mistake and that yes. really I am. I just have yes. to find the right the right man. Yeah, I haven't tried hard and enough. And probably it's going to be an older man because young young men are just silly, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was really worried, thinking, will anyone think I'm a lesbian because yes. I've got the badge on? And then I thought, everybody else is, so that's okay. They'll just think I'm cool. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I was massively, totally in love with my best friend. Oh. Didn't tell her until we graduated from uni. And when oh. I did, when I couldn't bear it any longer, she told me it was absolutely disgusting and I had completely oh, sullied out. Oh, I know. It was awful. So, so was she just your garden variety homophobe or do you think she had the same feelings and was conflicted? Strange to say, her mm. husband... Mm-hmm. 
Um, we all we all met doing a production with Beth. Mm. Her husband later told me, a long time later, mm. that he thought she was a lesbian. I thought, of course she's a bloody lesbian. Yeah, you know, by then yeah. I, I could see the signs. And why else would she be so reactive? She to hadn't it? had a boyfriend for the entire time we were at uni, and the day after I told her I was in love with her, she, she got hitched up with a gay boy. Of course she of did. Of course she did. So your lovely boyfriend, by the sounds of it, he was says, he was gorgeous. Jane, I think he yeah. might be a bit lemonista. Absolutely. And do you go no way? Or I you said go, yeah. Mm, yeah. I think okay. so. Good on yeah. him because he was a great man, and he did it in a uh, kind it, way. Absolutely. It sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. And the poor fella. I mean, he's he's he went on to a massively successful TV producing career, yeah. and apparently has has married a Brazilian model. Oh, you he's, know, he's, right doing fine. he's doing fine. He's doing fine. But apparently he had, he both had a, a history after me of dating women who came out as lesbians. Oh, yes, that and, happens. And, and also mm. the, the next girlfriend he got was a, a, an actress called Jay Griffiths, who was the reason I had to change my real name because oh. you couldn't have two actresses with the same, two similar oh, names. So I thought, well, there we go. Okay. Um, anyway, no, he was great. He's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Um, and so then do you start dating women? What happens? No, then I, I throw myself into being into an actor. Work. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I had I yeah. was lucky. I was spotted at uni and I had a really successful career to yeah. start off with. I was always in work. Yeah. And the thing about actors is when you're in, particularly in, in the old rep system that mm. I was in, you know, I, I went up to a theatre in Yorkshire where, um, you know, you do, you do nine plays a year. Mm. So you absolutely don't have any need for love because you've got that love busy so you'd be you're busy but also you've created your own family and yorkshire not really a hotbed of lesbian activity well you would be surprised have you not heard of hebden bridge (laughs) no i haven't hebden bridge is the dalesford as was (laughs) yeah it's where Happy Valley set. So for interstate international listeners dalesford's sort of like probably the most well, certainly in the top five most queer friendly and particularly known for being lesbian friendly country not, well, towns. Not now because lesbians can't afford it now. Can't afford it anymore. Lesbians but, moved you know. to Castle Maine. Yeah. <laughs> North Northcote. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Where I am. Yeah. In the yeah, Castle Maine. Yeah, of course you yeah, are. Yeah. And where I live, I live in a little hamlet just outside Castle Maine and there are more lesbians than straights there. It's <laughs> remarkable. You Nelly was yourself, come and you, visit. You're living in the L word. Mate, I'm in the dream. <laughs> No, the only difference about – it's not quite the L word because we haven't all shagged each other. Well, but and also presumably some of you actually look like lesbians. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know so. that's stereotypical, but it's like – But it's so true. that There is a like, reason there are stereotypes. So often it's because it's true. It, it's so conspicuous. But anyway, we'll nerd out about the L word later. <laughs> so when do you start dating oh, yeah, ladies? So, uh, well, not for ages because, of course, I'm, I'm doing a production of Hedda Gabler. <laughs> I'm playing Mrs Elstead. <laughs> The stage manager says to me, oh, this actress is coming to play Hedda. Oh. Just you make sure you don't fall in love with her. Oh, oh. I mean, for God's sake. There's one way to get yeah. me to fall in love with somebody is to say don't fall don't. in love with them. Yeah. And she was... Donate chocolate, Jane. Pass yeah, that's right. That's it. Yeah. I'll have a Cadbury's cream one. Thank, thank you very much. Um, so she, yeah, I've totally and utterly besotted. With so her. she walks in and it's love she at first sight? Absolutely not. No, because no. she's not my type. I, no. I didn't even know that I had a type. I don't think I actually have a physical type. Yeah, I've realised yeah. the word. This is quite recent. One of my yeah. students taught me this recently. I am obviously a sapiosexual. I was just going to say you're sapiosexual. I am. And I think I am too. Yeah. It's between the ears. That's right. That's there's, right. There's no type no. at all for me. No, I, I don't know. I mean, with the exception of Sarah Paulson. And yeah. she's on my free pass list. <laughs> of course. As is Jean Smart. Well, are those right, the two, you know, right. I mean. Yes. Sandra Bernhard. Yeah. I like sexy ugly. 
Oh no, I like sexy ugly. And I don't no, say I get ugly that. In the no, 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 no. I, like, I know exactly what you mean. That I don't quirky... like conventional beauty. Yeah, yeah. I like a no. weird beauty. I'm with you on that one. Yeah. But I just, I just think she'd be hard work. Oh, mate, I live for hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Well, you haven't heard the rest of my dating history. No. If you want to know hard work, tell us. Okay, so um, she is in a long-term relationship with. So she's 15. No, she's 17 years older than me. She's right. in a long-term relationship yeah. with quite a well-known person in the theatre. So you're 20 what? 22. You're 22, she's 37. Yeah. So That's a big difference at that age. Yeah, and of course I do nothing about it apart from yeah. cat sit for them. Well, I paint their flat, I do the gardening. Acts of love. Acts of love, yeah. And you're just pining. And I am pi- and I, so I pine for 18 months, yeah. during which time she is now split from her then partner. Yeah. And, of course, then I think I can't, I can't possibly go with you because – because then I'm taking advantage. Oh. You actually need to. So you could worry for Australia. Oh my God, yes. So you're overthinking. You're someone who lives in their head. The time. You all thinking, the time. thinking, thinking. Yeah, and I do not want to upset anyone or yeah. put them in the awkward. Yeah. I don't mind being rejected. I don't want to put them in the awkward position of having to reject me. I would much rather be rejected than reject. I don't think I have, with the exception of my first boyfriend. I don't think I've ever rejected anyone. Right. I think there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Holding someone else's emotional oh, it's huge. well-being yeah. in your own hands. Yeah, the guilt. The guilt. Huge. The guilt. I'd rather deal with my own sadness yeah. than someone else's, yeah. Absolutely. to be frank. Maybe that's women. I don't know. That could be a generalisation. Oh, I know a few women who don't who don't care. Yeah. And I wish I were like that. And I think, how did – what – Actually, I know, I know. It's all my mother's fault. So right. Let's blame it on yeah. the mother. Let's call yeah. it an English sensibility. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even worse, Welsh. Oh, well Yeah, they're all Welsh. Oh, God. Welsh accent. You know, the thing about, about having Welsh parents is yeah. so, you know, in Australia say, oh, hi, how are you going? Welsh. Good, good. How are you going? Good. Yeah. Yeah. In Wales, if you say, how are you going? Oh, my heart. Yeah. Why are you going to have such a Oh, my God. Got this. And it's like, Angina and my heart. Oh, oh for fuck's sake. Every Just, single time I say my neighbour, who's an elderly, lovely, elderly Portuguese woman, I say, how are you? And she says, I'm going on. <laughs> I've lived next to her for 15 years. Right, it's it's that resignation. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I yeah. get it. So, what was it about this woman? So, this is your first experience, I'm guessing, yeah. of going. Uh, this, like, I don't even have control over my feelings yeah, here. It like, was, I'm it just was besotted. Appalling. And what so was it about her? Do you know? So, so my very first play I wrote, it was it was called Sappho in Nine Fragments, and there's a there's a <laughs> secondary story of. Hang on, it, Sappho in Nine Fragments. Yeah, I was commissioned to write a play about that Sappho. Is beautiful, and. Um, and I needed to spice it up because it was getting yeah. a bit too classical. Yeah. So it was interspersed with this story of a young actress falling in love with an older actress and it was yeah. based on, you know, all these older actresses I'd worked with. But there's a bit in the play which is absolutely true. I remember we were rehearsing one day and, and this actress had terrible dress sense. She's right. sort of dre- really <laughs> dreadful. And she was upset because she just heard somebody, a friend of hers has died. Right. And... She had this this like circa 1981 plaid shirt on, not in a dikey yeah. way, just in a daggy way. Yeah, yeah. Not in a and, cool way. That's so uncool. Yeah. She was one of the least cool people yeah. you could imagine. If you're listening, I'm so sorry, but I hope you're enjoying life in Hebden Bridge. Then. Yes, then, and then. I'm not naming names. Yeah. She was sweating. Oh. She had sweat marks. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly I thought, oh, my God. God, the vulnerability of this yeah, woman. Bless. Oh, so all that's in the play. It's great. I yeah, got such brilliant revenge when lived fifteen years later. So finally, it was yeah. a glorious, beautiful, one of those exquisite summers 
in London, which mm. you rarely get, yeah. but everything is sparkling and yeah. it's on the verge of happening. Oh, and I told her. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I said, yeah. I, 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 I don't think we can continue being friends because I have to tell you that I'm in love with you. Wow. That's bold. Yep. Well, not even just I've got a crash or no, 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 no. All full blown in love with you. I mean, it had been almost two years, so it wasn't that bold. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes and no, though, because I think in a way, like that can actually make it harder. And this is one of the, I think, the differences in a sort of queer experience, particularly in that era, because if you had a female friend, they were family a friend. You know, I think for yeah. your kids and my kids, like everything's sort of up for grabs. Oh, there's such glorious fluidity it's now. It's so different. Whereas you, she wouldn't perhaps have been expecting, even if you were very close. Yeah. You expecting to go, actually, I'm in love with you. You just go with the best friends. Yeah. Yeah. So how did she react? Cautiously. Yeah. I did have my first ever kiss, Aww. proper kiss that night. And how was that? Fucking glorious. Amazing. But then, of course, I I was a great one for romance. So the next yeah. day I turn up with flowers and she she's thinking, she's oh, I'm, now I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm 23. Yeah. I'm this young, eager, overly thinking. Yeah. She's in her late 30s yeah. coming out of she's a really long term. Jets, mate. Um, so it takes yeah. ages and this awkwardness until we actually properly get it together. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, my first sexual encounter wasn't that fantastic. It has to be well, said, but, you know, you know that's it's something not we don't be. talk about enough, though, is it? That is probably true of more than 50% oh, of I'm people listening. I'm so worried. Thing. You know, I was just thinking, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? Because it was before it the right. internet. Yeah. There was nothing, no way of looking. And I was I was thinking, oh, do I, you know, do I yeah. touch here? And what? I don't know if <laughs> Am I, I allowed really to? want to. You know, can I? Especially if you live in your head. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're not actually... In in your body at that age, which I think a lot of us aren't, especially if you are intellectual or whatever you want to call it, you're, you're a thinker. Yeah. You're living there, so you're thinking about thinking it rather than doing it. Uh, all yeah. the, absolutely. Analyzing Thank God everything. that can kill it. Anyway, yeah. it lasted for a year. But, yeah. of course, when I say it lasted for a year, we were both always in work, so we yeah. hardly ever saw each other. Yeah. When it got too much for me and I would make grand romantic dresses like she was doing a show in Vienna and I just turned up. Oh, she was so fucked off with me. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was, I was, I was going to say when you said about the roses no. and the flowers and the dark, like that, it can go two ways. It's so backfired. Like it can, if you're really, if you're both in the same space. Oh, yeah. Like I noticed this when I was dating yeah. online. Like if you're both in the same space and you're both in the same giddy thing, that's fabulous. Yeah. If you're um, ambivalent or not sure and therefore it's really scary. I look at I look at her and I have nothing but respect and sympathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For how full on it must have been. Yeah, to you have were young. Like, I was young. I was in love. desperately in love. Yeah, she was understandably ambivalent. Mm. Anyway, lasted a year. Yeah. So after that, I was off off on tours and I um I I dated a bit. You yeah. know, I got picked up a bit. I had a bit of. It was it was now it was now the early to the late to mid nineties. Yeah. So there was a so bit of sauciness. So where were you getting picked up? Like, oh, were well, you going well, to gay bars? Well, were no, you, what was no, happening? No, not really. I had a mate who took me to a few gay bars and I, I had a, some interesting experiences in the toilets on, on the basis <laughs> of that. Well, you see, the thing is... Hello, Jane. Hello. Tank Girl had just come out. Oh, my God. Laurie Petty. That's right. And I was doing... Yeah. I was playing Titania in a year-long tour of Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, my God. And the, Listen to your life. The, uh, the director didn't want a fair... You know, didn't want to let us flippy yeah. fairies. So I said, right, yeah. we want you to be a real female titan. Yeah, great. So... 
we're going to shave your head. Yeah. And we're going to give you these fuck off kind of, you know, bondage gear. Yeah. Come, it's Elizabethan. like Madonna comb bras. It's Absolutely. The whole thing. Yeah. So um, I did wear my costume to a few clubs because, of course, I'm tra- yeah. tra- traveling all around the UK. Yeah. Um, and oh my god! Imagine you walking in because you're quite Amazonian. I like, am. In your, you've yeah. got a strong presence. Yeah. Imagine you walking in in some sort of tank gear, tank girl get up. Oh, into it's a so lesbian bar. I mean, it was great because I got to the front of every queue. Yeah, I you know, bet. I was just ushered forward. But I do remember almost getting into a fight with some butch dykes around a, 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 a pool table. Oh, it's a pool table. Because they thought they challenged me to a game pool. Now I'm shit at pool. I am really crap at everything to do with anything sporty whatsoever. I don't even know the rules. I come to you know. Yeah. So they, I, I was so bad. They thought I was taking the piss out of them. Oh no. Um, anyway, so um, that all went on. I, I would did. it be? Let me just say though. Would and correct me if I'm wrong, because I could be reading you completely yeah. wrong. But I get the feeling you could be more bark than bite too. Like I can oh, imagine yeah. you walking going. Hello, sisters. And then as soon as someone called you on it going, oh. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Yeah, okay. And then you're, I'm thinking, it's front. too loud. I can't, I yeah, can't yeah. hear what you're saying. Can we have a conversation? Yeah. Can we go outside and have a conversation? So you look yeah. like the alpha. Yeah. And entering I'm so, in the room. I'm, and then you're I'm like, not Ooh. even a beta. I'm, I'm down there. I'm upsilon. That's the that's a Greek scholar in me coming out. Down there with the size. Oh, that's fabulous. Um, yeah, so that wasn't so good. So there was a yeah. bit, of, bit of sauciness. And so then yeah. I thought to myself, right, in between, there is there was a, a dreadful relationship, which I, I will tell you. That's going to be for the later in okay. the show, when you ask okay. about other about things. Other things. Okay. Um, so uh, I was doing a show and um, I was basically bored and horny and it yeah. was the summer. And We're late st- 90s? Uh, now it's mid, mid-90s. Mid-90s, okay. Um, so I'm backstage and the stage manager, who's also a lesie, is yeah. saying, right, we've got to get I you laid. I say lesie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyone listening who's not a lesie, you can't say it. Nah, but nah, nah, nah. I can say yeah, that I lesie, you, you can. can't. Yeah. Well, maybe you can, but yeah. yeah. You know. uh, Lezo, I'm less happy about. Yeah, right. Mostly because I confuse it with Lizzo, which makes life a whole I different ball game. I Lesbian's great, All right. but then you see, there's the classicist in me that's yeah. imagining libations <laughs> and sacrifices and stuff You're like that. A nightmare, I know. Nightmare. Imagine going on a date with you. Well, that that hasn't happened for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you're fabulous. So you meet the um, stage, so, stage so, manager, your wife. No, 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 no. She's funny enough. Okay. She's the stage manager who I then have done two shows with at Bell Shakespeare. She migrated yeah. to Australia too. Yeah. So we're backstage, and they've decided they are going to write me. Uh, a personal for the pink paper. Oh. So the pink paper was where you dated. So yes. th- remember, guys, this is, before, this is before mobile phones, I before the it. internet, before emails. The only place to pick somebody up yeah. was through the pink personals. And I tell you what, that takes balls. Yeah. And, right? or, or desperation. Or desperation <laughs> or both. Yeah. Um, so they came up with arty farty, trendy lefty, lanky lezzy. Oh, so good. Seeking, I don't the know. Alliteration, Jane. But it wasn't me. It was them. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're great. They were great, yeah. Like, that's catchy. It is. It got me seven dates. Oh, it wasn't. Fabulous. It wasn't hugely successful. Seven, I think seven dates from the paper's good. Seven dates, one lay. And, of course, <laughs> this is where it gets like the L word yeah. because then I discovered that all seven of us had, had also each e- dated each other. So I had the best party with all of the seven That's where fabulous. it wasn't quite the orgy I was hoping it would yeah. be. But <laughs> Are you still friends with them? No. No, 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 no. no idea. All right. 
two of them are Tories, really. Right, oh, no, 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 don't no, pack Nancy's. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so fast forward a year, I've just done another tour and yeah. I've got four weeks before I'm going off to start an 18-month gig at a theatre. Yeah. So I think, right, I've got four weeks off, I've got money in my pocket, it's summer, it's London. Yeah. I haven't got enough time to work out another pink personal, I'm just going to have a look. And I saw this personal. Yeah. For an Aussie. Yeah. Who uh, was, she described herself as like a full bodied red Aussie wine. Oh, uh, nice feminist for this yeah. And so what you used to do Take is Take note people online dating. Take it's, note. It's you know, it's it kind of and also when I met her I thought, mm. yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yep. nice. So what you used to do is you'd yeah. ring then the number, the premium number, and you'd yeah. listen to their voice message and then you'd leave your own message. So I listened to this voice and I thought, Oh fuck. Didn't like the voice? No, I, I loved it. Oh. I fell in love with it. Oh, my God. Are and you so, going to tell me you fell in love from the voice message? Yep. <gasps> Jane. Yep. You are, you're challenging all of my cynicism. <laughs> now, let me park this question in case I forget it. We're coming back to it. I want to know if you believe in the one, but not now. Tell me the rest of this story. Okay, so um, then I, I have to leave my message and I've yeah. kind of got a bit tongue-tied. Yeah. And then it cuts out. Oh. So I think, oh, shit. <laughs> So then I ring back, say, oh, um, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, uh, um, um, anyway, it's me again. Uh, yeah, message. Pink and that night, so I was working, in between jobs, I was working at a uh, lesbian bar called The Angel in Islington. <laughs> and um, uh, You are like a sitcom. I am so. Like, I, I just, I just, like, if like, if there was a lesbian friends, like yeah. you would be Joey. <laughs> well... How you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, that day I had been stacking all the flyers <laughs> and there was a flyer from Stonewall, um, which was the gay rights yeah, organisation yeah. in the UK, saying what would you do if your love was torn apart all about immigration law? Oh, wow. And I hadn't even thought of it yeah. until that day. And I went round to my best mates that night for supper and I said, I think I'm going to fall in love with an Australian. Shit. And then what am I going to do? So we met, oh. and this is when you're saying, do I believe in one night stands? Yeah. It, the one night stand that lasted for 28 years. We we met at a cafe in Camden. She was a social worker doing her two-year working holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought she was alpha. She thought I was alpha. We completely yeah. misjudged each other. <laughs> she had she bought her mate one of those, you know, the Venus de, de Milo yeah. um, fridge magnets. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you could dress them. Yeah. And... Uh, one of the outfits was bondage gear. Yeah. And she was showing this to me and I was thinking, oh, hello. Okay. Yeah. She's got some game. Nah. So we went to a really dodgy Greek restaurant, drank yeah. incredibly cheap shit. Uh, Greek restaurant, Aussie restaurant. Um, Greek wine. Went back to my place. I was I was staying in the granny flat of for any uh, – probably everyone will know this, but there used to be a really successful sitcom in the UK called George and Mildred. Oh, right, George yeah. and Mildred. So I yes. was living in George's granny flat. Oh, my God. He was gorgeous. Of course Gorgeous socialist actor who used yeah. to rent it out dirt cheap to impoverished yeah. actors. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we just – Maz and I just didn't stop talking and yeah. she missed her last train, then her last bus, so I said, come oh. back to my place – so we're out in this exquisite Tufnell Park, North London garden yeah. in my funny little granny flat, drinking brandy together under the stars, neither of us doing anything because, of course, we're yeah. both dags. Yeah, the other one will do it. The other one will exactly. do it. The other one and will so do eventually it. we get to bed and we're yeah, both yeah. lying there yeah. in T-shirts, <laughs> not moving, hands by our sides. And 
I think I might have said something like, so here we both are with yes. sick T-shirts yeah. on. <laughs> Should I take my T-shirt off? Baby? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that was 28 years that's ago. That's so cute. Yeah. I think that's – I find that really interesting too because talking to a lot of people, I reckon I would have been similar at that age – but I think when you come back into dating when you're a bit older and hopefully you've got a bit more confidence and self-esteem. Yeah. And you've also got less fucking time. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like yeah. you've got to call it. Yeah. Like we've got to shit or get off this pot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> someone's got to make a move somewhere. Yeah. But I think for a lot of women especially that comes with age. Like I can't not... imagine having that confidence in my 20s. Oh, me either. Nah. Me either. And I think that would surprise people of both of us. Absolutely. You know, yeah. but there's no way in maybe a bit of false bravado at a club, you know, if I'd had a couple of drinks or something, yeah. but not in the situation you're talking about. That's a very intimate. Yes. You know, that's yes. different to a passion on a dance floor. We're talking, you're actually very vulnerable. Yeah. You know, emotionally, physically, yeah. all of it. So 28 years later, yep. are you married? We got married on exactly our 25th anniversary to the day we met. Oh, how beautiful. We were the last Castlemaine couple to get married yeah. before lockdown. Yeah, and post marriage equality. Yeah, I mean that was funny because of course we, you know, had campaigned for it. Yeah. Um, when it was passed, I rang up Maz to say, "Will you marry me?" And she said, "Can I think about it?" I thought it's been really. <laughs> it's been twenty five fucking years. Wow, tell How me much more. Longer? Because she was ambivalent about marriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah she doesn't yeah. believe in it as an institution. Yeah. Whereas I come from the perspective of yeah. we are actually subverting a patriarchal. Uh, yes. institution and look I do understand about marriage I yeah. am a classicist yeah. I've studied yeah, yeah. socially the structure you know, of anthropology history. I know the whole kit and caboodle yeah but fuck me you know yeah. we have fought long and hard for this yeah. and um if it hadn't been for discrimination I mean we've had first of all being forced to leave my country to be with my partner yeah. that was a major thing yeah you know I left my career I left my friends mm. my parents didn't speak to me I mean it was just mm. full on mm. um and there's been an awful lot of crap. You know, Maz and I being kicked out of pubs, me being queer bashed. I, I'm, I'm sick of the discrimination. Mm. Of, well, of course you are. And also I think it's an entirely – like I would say in terms of her ambivalence and your stance, like to, for me personally, both are true. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. both are true yeah. because you can't deny the, the patriarchal and heteronormative and whatever fucking words we want to apply to yeah. that. You can't deny that history. But you also – like things aren't fixed – no, you know, and for two no. women who've been together, well, even if you've been together five minutes, but for two women to marry, that oh, that is a subversion. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. I mean, we'd already had we'd had the big parties. We had a a, a twenty twenty years not married party, yeah. which was delightful. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like the wedding that you would have. And we had a when we were living in the Burbs in Carnegie in Melbourne, we had a yeah. a, a party, sort of a fake wedding to celebrate marriage equality being passed in the UK. Yeah, nice. Um, so we'd had all the big celebrations. Which so happened really before here. Absolutely. Yeah, so then yeah. you could do another one. Yeah. And in the interim, you've had kids. We've got we've got an almost 17-year-old called Tilly and a 20-year-old called Eliza. And mortgages and, you know. Yeah, like whole kick caboodle. You're, you're, you're married. Yep. You know, like you're married. We've without got the pyjamas to prove it. <laughs> You've got the debt to the bank. You've got all of those sorts of things. Yeah. So yeah. given all that and her ambivalence to some degree, how did it feel when you got married? Uh, well, I'll be honest, it was an anticlimax. Because there was no 
claim. I mean, there's nothing. It was we, we knew it was simply a, a legal recognition of what yes, we had, but you'd already done. So it wasn't special in that way. The, the most special thing was that one of our, our mates, um, you know, because it was just just lockdown, so we could only have two people attend. Oh. Um, she also a Leslie. Mm. <laughs> uh, had made the most glorious chocolate cake to celebrate. Yeah, lovely. Except, I don't know if you've ever watched The Vicar of Dibley. I have. And Mrs. Cropley's sense of cuisine. No. It was actually made out of Vegemite. And oh. it was the most disgusting thing I've ever Deliberately tasted. Disgusting. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. It was an homage to Vicar of Dibley. Yeah, because, yeah, of course, the kids, yeah. the kids would be hide it all now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There was this show, I remember, in the UK that used to drive my mum into paroxysms of yeah. anti-wokeness, which was when kids organised their parents' wedding and she was saying, surely it should be the other way around. Um, like, there's a show in Australia. Yeah. That, that, I love it. Well, this was our our kids yeah. had organised the catering the as a joke. How beautiful. Yeah, that is disgusting. How so that was <laughs> lovely is that? So let me take you back to my question then. So what's your wife's name? Maz. Maz. Is Maz the one? Do you believe in the one? Do you think there's one person for everyone or are there multiple people? Like what's your take well, I, on it? I, I guess I do, given we've been together 28 years. The, the thing that I wonder, and she does too, mm. is what happens in the parallel universes. Mm. You know, the sliding doors moments. Yeah. Um, th- there's, there was one, one decision that I made way back straight after uni when I had to choose between going to drama school or taking my first job. Mm. And if I'd gone to drama school, then I would never have met Alec. Oh, yep. Sorry, sorry the, the, the actress. Yep. And if I hadn't met that actress, then I wouldn't have been in the situation I was to have met Maz. And so mm. all of that. And at the same time, who knows what would have happened in my British acting career. So yep. there, there's that parallel universe. Yes. And um, we, we met... A couple of weeks ago, at the opening of yes. a play I'd written, and yes. one of the the opening lines is when, when the, you say the, "where you mean you and I, yes, like you and Maz." Yes, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Maz didn't come and see that play. Um, so, <laughs> so um, what? But but the the protagonist starts off by saying, "In a parallel universe, you know, I have mm. the shiny car and I've got the penthouse mm. apartment and all of this." Mm. And yeah, in a parallel universe, who knows? There mm. might be a different one. Mm. But so you're not wedded to that sort of. Um, well, it's, I was going to say Hollywood romantic, but it's kind of classic romantic notion, isn't it, of that, you know, for every shoe there is a force. Yeah, but like, I, th- I think in this universe, Maz and I are each other's, that, you know, I mean, oh, I, I, I have the, the kind of, again, this is the, the nerdy classicist. Yeah. Uh, in Plato's Symposium, Aristophanes talks about humankind. Originally we were spherical. Mm. Then we, because of hubris, the gods split us mm. and we spend our time going around looking for the other part the that other will part. fit. doesn't yeah. matter if it's male, 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 female, mm. female, female. Whatever. It's just about. So in this, she's in this stuff, she's, she, yeah, we fit. So you and I met at the opening of your absolutely fabulous play, The Milf and the Mistress, which was part of the Midsummer Festival in Melbourne. And, I mean, so many things about this play landed with me. But for people who haven't seen it, the background, and again, correct me if this is an incorrect summation, Mm. but it's really about a middle-aged woman who's been in a long-term lesbian relationship. I think it could have been any relationship, but in this case it's a long-term lesbian relationship. She loves her wife. She's very happy on one level. They're companionate. They're still sexual but not sexual in the way that she wants to be. And she goes on a sexual exploration, yeah. which is really an exploration of the self, 
I think. Absolutely. I think the sex is almost tangential. I, I, it, it's not that it was irrelevant. I was trying to find the right word. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, when I was thinking about it, when I was watching it and also when I knew I was going to be talking to you, it's not that it's irrelevant but it could have been a number of other things. Yeah. It happened to be that she explored kink. Yes. But it could have been an exploration of any number of things that people deny themselves and then right. sometimes hopefully come into a certain power in a, at a certain age and go, no, I'm going to yeah. take this. Yeah. And that is the thing about the, the you know, you, I, I remember hearing this in some of the podcasts you've done earlier. Yeah. But at 40, there's an empowerment and then you yeah. get to 50 and it's, fuck it, I'm 50. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. But at the same time, there's, there's the, fuck it, I'm 50. Yes. So. Um, yeah, the clock's ticking, yeah. not the biological baby clock. No, 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 like no. The, 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 we are two yeah. thirds of the way through our That's life. Right. If, if we're lucky. If not now, then yeah. when? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's, for her, it was more, I suppose there's a line when she says, but God, I just want to feel. And it's about yes. trying to, it's, see, 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 I'm lucky being an actor and a mm. writer because I get to feel as other people. You get to explore those kinds of identities and experiences, I think, in other ways, particularly yeah. if you are so good at living in your head. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you have an, I am assuming, an imaginary world, an access to imagination yeah. that not everyone does. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the sort of, Parts I play as an actor tend to be mm. quite. They they go into some some heavy places, mm. uh, and that gives me freedom to explore mm. all sorts of things, both in my imagination, but also in my body, mm. pushing my body to yeah. extremes I've never done before. Yeah. Um. So for her, as a high school English teacher, mm. she's not got the release or catharsis of no. being on stage. So she's got to find that somewhere else. Yeah. And and I do think there's. There's something which is interesting and challenging and difficult as you grow older with someone and you've really been together that there are things that are difficult to say. Mm. You know, Maz oh. won't mind me saying this, but she didn't come and see the play. Yeah. Um, she, she actually didn't want to. I can and imagine. there was things that I said in the play that I, I haven't said to Maz. Mm. Having said that, a lot of the, the best lines were actually from Maz. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so she did want me to put out here. Nah, nah, it's okay. It's all good. So one of my, and I think I might have said this to you on the night, but one of my absolute, there were so many brilliant moments, but one of my favourite lines was when the lead woman, what's well, a one-woman production, when she's describing her relationship that she is very happy in. Yes, I have to keep absolutely. saying that because yes, she's not she actually does dissatisfied love her, no, in her relationship. Her yep. But she says in terms of sex, we became shy with each yeah. other. Yeah. And oh, you could feel like this collective kind of release and weight at the same time in the room as people recognise that in themselves. Yeah. You know, when you've been doing school pickups and you're doing the fucking PTA and you're getting ahead in work and you da da and that kind of sexual exploration can become stunted. Yeah. You know, and it can become perfunctory. 
And that is just a human experience. I don't think that's even a sexuality-based experience. No, I think, I mean, our our straight friends have said the same. Uh, 100%, but a beautiful encapsulation of it. It's not that I don't want to. I don't know how to get to that part of me and you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so, it was beautiful and sad. The other line, though, that I I have to give credit to Maz, because this is her line, um, was the problem with lesbian sex is it's so (laughs) reciprocal. and that's oh, part of the shyness. Oh, they got the biggest too. laugh. I think they is, got the biggest laugh. That is, yeah. that is part of the shyness as well because, you, yeah. you know, there is that awful moment of thinking, oh. Now it's know, your turn. And, and, or or be, even before we start, do we have the energy to see this yeah, through? To, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it, I can tell you now there'll be so many straight women listening like, I wish it was reciprocal. Yeah. You know, like it's it's kind of – there is so much that's universal – yeah. Um, in that stuff, like that sort of shyness and have I – I mean, you must have heard so many women in straight relationships going, I don't know if I can be bothered unless it can be over quickly. Absolutely. You know, all Absolutely. that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, we, we don't have that same group of straight friends that we used to when we lived mm. in the Burbs in, yeah. in Melbourne. But even then, which mm. is what, 10 years ago, so many of our, our friends were saying, yeah, you know, he needs it. Yes, so, I have to. It's absolutely yeah. about God, just that's like, depressing. I know, isn't, isn't it? it? It's, and it's not confined to straight relationships at all. No. Let's be clear about that. But it's there's something in that, I think, and what your play spoke to was her going, well, I'm 50. If I don't explore this, if I don't get this spark back now, I either got to let it go yeah. or I've got to go and do this. Yeah. And so she ends up, which is, you know, a fraught area, but she ends up hiring a sex worker. Well, see, I found it really interesting, your podcast with Cal, when you were yeah, talking yeah. about sex workers. Yeah. Um, and I was really glad that the conversation was, was discussed because mm. this, this to me was a revelation. So mm. I take, you know, I take my research really seriously. So mm. I did go to a dungeon and I yeah. did have a session and I yeah. then did um, meet up with um, a few professional mistresses. Yeah. Oh, my God, what wonderful women. Yeah, no doubt. Just awesome. There were some at the play. They were, they, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, clever, wise, yeah. Yeah, caring, yeah. compassionate. And also their ability to um, know how to tap into what you need. Yes. And this is why it's not just about sex. Yeah. Because there was, you know, in, in my, my <laughs> research session, yeah, yeah. Um, there was no sexual contact. Yeah. It's all about the mind. Yes. It's all about knowing how, you know, you, you can be thinking, fuck, that hurts. You yeah. have seriously got, I'm going to use the safe word any minute now, and then just yeah. one touch on one part of the body and yeah. suddenly it's exquisite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, my God, how it's, do you know how to do that? It's psychological. And I think that is a very different, to me anyway, it's a very different um, scenario to hiring a sex worker for will we call it vanilla sex, whatever we yeah. want to call it. Yeah. Like that, if you're going into kink areas and you're going into BDSM and you go, that's a very specialised area. Yes. And much more, I'm imagining, a mental yeah. – I mean, it's physical, obviously. But it's – I mean, I think you use the word in the play therapeutic even. Absolutely. Absol- you know? Absolutely. I yeah. can completely see how you not only get hooked on it because mm. of the endorphins mm. – because I've never felt like that in my life. Mm. I mean, it was just like, whoa. Um, but also you get hooked on the sense of complete security. 
Because you are 100% safe. Yes. And the surrender. That's what I took from it. Like particularly, you know, and there were so many funny lines in it that I could relate to about, you know, being that girl who loved the Brontes and being, (laughs) you know, all of that sort of stuff. Like being that girl who, like the good girl really, you know, who lives in her head and you can even see this in in the main character. It's almost like she had tried um, to fit the idea of what a good girl is even within this homophobic context. Yeah, absolutely. Of like, well, I'll buy a house and I'll have a wife and we'll have children. But so many, so many lazy cu- couples of yeah. my generation, particularly with kids, we bought into it. Yeah. And yeah. We, understandably, uh, you know, you just you want validation from somewhere. Yeah, you know? yes, but also you, you feel um, do we managed to get sort of we were quite, prominent mm. sort of accidentally mm. um we were interviewed when we first had eliza we were interviewed in by the ages under the banner of so- social experiment oh, because wow. we were nice lesbians wow. who didn't look like butch dykes yes. who worked in a hospital and worked at a university yes, yes, yes. and we're living in the acceptable. suburbs middle class we're middle class we're acceptable yeah. we're yeah. nice we're, we don't yeah. we don't you're monogamous yeah You've got kids. yeah you i mean house. the only yeah, problem yeah. is that that there are too many x chromosomes but other yeah. than that you know <laughs> Um, they're just like us. They're just so like you know us. When people say that, like it's a compliment, you know, like yeah. as though that's that's the aspiration for everyone yeah. to be like you're the centre, and I will aim to be exactly like you. Now I'm going to put a couple of memes to you, right. as you know, I love to. Now I've dropped one in. Yes, that you are not uh, privy to beforehand, but I saw it today and I thought I have to give this okay. to you. So this is Rachel Elizabeth, who's at Chaotic Hub on uh, Instagram, and she says, "I'm thinking about the first time I ever clicked the interested in women setting on Bumble, and the first person it showed me was my therapist." <laughs> She's gone. I'm guessing she's late to Les. Yeah. She's gone. I'm going on the dating apps. Yeah. I'm going to put, right, I'm open to dating women and the first one that she gets matched with is his therapist. fantastic. Could there be a more lesbian story than that? That is just on every level. <laughs> on every level. The very level. fact that the counsellor's a lesbian and a lesbian's a counsellor. I think it's the whole, whole kit and caboodle. And no one Absolutely. Knew. And no, the whole, no, like, I just, no, I bless. wish I could message this woman and go, what happened? I know. You what want, you want the full story? Because it's going to be, I mean, one of the relationships is going to go kaput. Either the counsellor-client oh. relationship or or, yeah. the, or they're going to decide not to hitch up together. Oh, but look, you got to get the fuck out of there. But did she? You know? know. Did she? I don't know. I'm intrigued. Well, Maz was a counsellor. Was and she? <laughs> she used to say to me, don't counsel who you touch, don't touch who you counsel. Oh, correct. Don't Absolutely. shoot where you are. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is at show up for this on Instagram. I wanted to put this to you as a parent, mm. but also as someone who, like I said, I think it is for women of our age, for people, for humans of our age, coming out, identifying in whatever part of the rainbow you do is a really different experience to a lot of kids now. Yeah. And I feel like we need to actually honour that. Absolutely. So she says, you didn't disappoint your parents. Your parents held rigid expectations and never adjusted them, even when it was clear they didn't fit you. Children grow in all directions. It's not your fault if your parents weren't prepared to grow with you. Is that not something that, that every little queer kid should be given? Perhaps every kid every should kid. be given. So how does that hit you? Well, big time, yeah. Because you know, my my parents, my it wasn't great. Yeah, 
you know. And did it repair or no? No, no not yeah. really. I mean, what's interesting again? I have to be be fair. My parents were working class Welsh yeah. people, made good. Yeah. Um, but they pretty much disowned my brother when he they discovered he, he was he started having sex. This was heterosexual sex, and yeah, he was yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, so full you know, shame. Really? Yeah. And then when I came along, I remember yeah. it was mum wouldn't let me talk at all. Yeah. And I remember trying to come out to her. I was about 22 or so. And bless her, she said to me, uh, you're not going to tell me that you're, you're in love with a Chinaman now, are you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I get no. it. And she said, well, any, anything's better than, than a Chinaman. And I thought this is this is it. So when when How about they a just, China lady, <laughs> is that better? Like porcelain doll. Yeah. Um, when she heard, heard about Maz mm. and that I was moving to Australia, that was it. Maz's name was not allowed to be mentioned. Yeah, five years, she had a pecking order. So she hated lesbians. Number yeah. one. Yeah. Tall women. Number two. Yeah. Okay. Australians. Number right. three. Social oh, workers. Number four. Oh, Maz God. is all of them. <laughs> The only thing a she dyke social worker that's from not, the only thing she hates more than that Asians. Wow. And my brother then went out with a Japanese woman. Yeah. And so suddenly we're back in the fold. Wow. So they screw you up there your mum and dad they oh, do not mean to. It's so hard. That is, I mean I think I think we've kind of because we have progressed so far and thank God that we have. Yeah. Like incre- I mean pardon the pun but you know Thank goodness we have progressed so yeah. far. But there is still so much collective trauma with that stuff. And Absolutely. that story of, you know, oh, we were the acceptable lesbians that we were allowed in the paper. and The, da- the acceptable lesbian story now is mum and dad love us. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we're included and we go to family Christmas and doesn't it, it shows that we, our generation who was brought up to conform to our parents' expectations mm. and then to disappoint them, mm. we then tr- tried to conform to society's expectations. Yeah, that's right. What's sort of interesting is it. So mm. whether you repeat it. Yeah. So with our kids. I'm guessing you're not like this with I your kids. I don't think so. Yeah. No. Or you're trying very, not to be. Look, I'm trying not to be. Yeah. Um, on a number of levels, I mean, sexually, we're mm. very open. I, yeah. I am so proud of less the case with Tilly because she's she's a bit young, mm. but with Lizzie, I'm so proud that she's sex positive. Yeah, that she's fluid. She can come and talk she, to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. She's and the. I, I mean, I, it's it's interesting that she's it's probably good too that she's not had a long term serious relationship. Mm. But I love the fact that mm. at twenty she's just—I I think she's having mm. a shed load of sex and enjoying oh, good. it. Good, she's still she's still young. Yeah, put it about, girl. Absolutely, do what you want to do, and do what you want to do without th- worrying that you are disappointing us. Because yes. I don't think there's any area that they could disappoint us in. Any area that oh, we wouldn't beautiful. accept. I would agree with my kids. Yeah, and what I love about the framing for any of us who've been through that sort of family rejection which I think on some level all queer people of our age have been. Yes. Um, any of us who've been through that, what I love in the framing of this, even though it's not about coming out, it's not you didn't disappoint anybody. Mm. They were disappointed mm. Mm. because they had their own projection yeah. of what your life should be and it didn't measure up and it was never bloody going to. And no. your story actually shows that. If you had ended up with a male Chinese partner, <laughs> they would have been <gasps> no, no. rejecting. This one hit me because, again, I think it's such a different perspective from from our age than when we probably were first dating. So at Real Feminism on Facebook, which I highly recommend if you're on Facebook, they say fat shaming and thin shaming are fucking stupid. 
everyone's body type is different, so calm the fuck down. That is great. <laughs> How great is I that? Just, I just love that sort of say. Just calm the fuck down. Just calm yeah. the fuck down. Like, yeah. seriously, of all the things in the world that you could be shaming another human being about, you're like, oh, you're a bit skinny, you need uh-huh. a plate of pasta, or, or you've been in the top plate. Like, fucking calm down. But even the thought that it's your right to make comments. Oh, seriously. And it, it is... It's invidious and it's universal yeah. and I don't know a single person, no. male or female, no. who actually feels comfortable with, with yeah. who they are. Who doesn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate my body. I hate how I, how I feel you? inside it. Yeah. Why? Because I don't fit. What do you mean you don't fit? Well, that, I mean, that's, that's probably the living in my head thing. See, that's really interesting because, and it reminds me of, I don't know if you listened to the episode with Harley Breen. But he's a really good-looking guy. Yeah. Like, to me, you're a good-looking woman. You're tall, you're thin. You know, you fit the stereotype of uh. what a good-looking woman is. It's not about the objective reality. No. It's not about the mirror. No. So you're looking going, these things are wrong. He's looking at himself going, I can't even look at this. Yeah. Other people looking at him on TV going, oh, fuck, you're hot. I'll give you a go. It's weird, isn't it? It's 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 so cultural you know, the, and mental. The, the only time I feel I fit my body mm. is when I'm not myself. Like so, a couple when of years ago, I played the monster in in a, a feminist production of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. At, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was naked with twenty six prosthetic tits attached wow. to me. How was that? And fucking loved, loved it. it. I mean, I got really sick, and the artistic right. director wanted to stage an intervention because she thought I was going mad. Right, but you mm. kind of had to go to those places. Yeah. But I loved the fact that in that role I, I'd eaten up, so I had yes. rolls of flesh and I had Love. cellulite and I had a grotesqueness and I felt such pride in showing the beautiful grotesqueness yes. of the female body. See, sexy, ugly. Sexy, ugly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, that's playing a monster. Yes. And so is it because in a weird way there was a alignment like there's some little part of little Jane's brain that's been body shamed or whatever. Uh, is it? Uh, nobody is has ever ever actually taken sufficient interest in my body to shame me or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! You grew up in the seventies and eighties in Thatcher's England. Yeah. You must have been body shamed at some point. No, because I was. I, as you said, I fit. I fit yeah, right. Because you were tall and thin. I was tall and thin. Do you think? Because I find like I'm, this is a long bow, but I remember watching an episode of Oprah. Yes. And she was talking about the fact that she relished ageing in a way that some of her other friends didn't because mm. she'd never had the cultural currency of being the, the pretty girl in the room. Interesting. Right? So yes. she'd never walked into yes. a room and everyone had gone, oh, my God, and, you know, and fallen at their feet yes. and all that sort of stuff. She'd had to charm, you yes. know, with intellect and personality and whatever. So when she starts getting into her 40s and 50s, she already knows how to do that stuff, plus she hasn't lost Plus she's a multimillionaire. Plus she's a multimillionaire and she's got cultural clout. But she hasn't lost the power that comes with that conventional youth and beauty. No, because you look at her as as an older woman and... There is huge beauty in her. Oh, she looks better. As a younger woman, yeah. there's in the 90s and in the yeah. 80s, there's no point of reference. No. Because she was such an original. Oh, 100%. But even in a general sense, I think, weirdly, I'm not in any way comparing myself to Oprah, but I guess I am, I think I have come into a greater acceptance of my body as I've gotten older for the same yeah. reason. Yeah, I get that. So I didn't feel, like, I think I'm more attractive now yeah. than I was at, 15 yeah. or 25 or even 35. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's I never had that thing. Yes. You know, to lose 
You know, when I see friends who yes. are more conventionally attractive and they're so worried about wrinkles or that they've put oh, on God, weight. Oh, God, Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm not trying to undermine the power of that stuff, but it's not my experience. No. You know, so it's, it's just a very different way of being in the world. I wish, though, with, with the younger generation, our kids' generation, you know, they're pretty sorted on sexuality, they're pretty mm. sorted on sex, they are... They think they're sorted on gender identity, mm. although I say think because I don't think mm. it's it's more than the black and white they think it's it moot. is. Yep. Um, but, my God, they're not sorted about their bodies. Oh, no, 100%. And the things yeah. that have given them the freedom to be okay about sex and sexuality, which yeah. is social media making it acceptable, mm. is actually the thing that is completely fucking them up in terms mm. of their self-worth through their body. Oh, you are one of the few people I can say this to. I think all understand it. I remember I emceed a forum, would be a good 15 years ago, on, of all th- cheery topics, female genital mutilation. And there was, it just completely blew my mind that the feminist speaker, um, the keynote speaker, basically argued that fe- uh, female genital mutilation was feminist. Oh, what a load of bollocks. The women we're making a choice and that of course and we're we're being cultural imperialists and saying it might be a bit well the, the relativist argument yeah, but a pile of crap I, that reminded me when you said about this sort of idea of it's another area that i'm so uncomfortable in the space the same as sex work in talking about lip fillers yeah. or getting a boob job or getting like all those sort of I get it on the one hand, it's 100% your choice, mm. who the fuck am I to judge, there's cultural pressure, all the rest of it. On the other hand, the idea that that's somehow empowering, <laughs> I can't come at i tell that. you one thing though, so I, I was doing, back in 2015, I was doing production of Antigone at Malthouse yeah. and I was playing, Creon had been turned into a woman and I was playing her and um, I just, I'd just come from doing this completely wacky, sort of imagine Freud meets Chris Daver through <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. So it was this bizarre production of Wizard of Oz at Belvoir with only two words, which were Toto, Toto. Wow. And I was playing the Tin Man, as you do. Yeah. Uh, of course, I was topless. You know, yeah. thinking, I'm playing the fucking Tin Man. What? You know, so I was, you know, t- topless, but just with metal gauntlets on. So, yeah. so you know, my sense of, of, of body was this slightly is a weird. Wild ride. But then I went into playing Creon and. Yeah. I based on Julie Bishop. Mm. So I had Ooh. the Julie Bishop hairdo. Australian politician Julie Bishop. Yes. yes. Who's um, Jim, Jim Fit. Yes. 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 And uh, I had really trimmed down and honed down my body. Remember the first week of rehearsals, I walked to work in tracky dacks yeah. without my hair, without the hair done. And I would walk past builders and they wouldn't move for me. And yeah. I had to walk around them. The second week, I'd had my hair done. I had Botox yeah. for the part because I did not want to be able to move my face. Yeah. And I knew that that would, yeah. that would in, it sort of give a different sense yeah, of yeah, music. Yeah. And I was wearing a black dress and heels to work every day. Yeah. And the seas the men, parted. The seas yeah. parted. And this is exactly why, Jane, I will not get into any conversation, you know, publicly or otherwise about, oh, look at, you know, so-and-so's face. It doesn't even matter. Like, No. Like I'm not into shaming no. women who have had work done either, but just this idea that that somehow represents some kind of like achievement for the feminist movement. I oh, can't not come to at have that to either. step off in the road and walk around the tradies. <laughs> that was an achievement. <laughs> Right, we're running out of time. Oh. I want to get to a couple of calls. Hey, so I'm calling from New Zealand. I'm 54, almost 55. 
been reflecting on this idea of you know body positive sex positive type stuff that all us enlightened women in our of our age are supposed to be loving and embracing and it occurs to me that actually one of the things that I think doesn't get talked about enough is the other side of that where it's okay to not actually feel comfortable with a one night stand or it's okay to say what I'm looking for is a meaningful relationship because what I hear is that uh, conversations like that make women appear needy or um, too restrictive on what they're supposed to be as these blossoming middle-aged finding my own way in my sexuality. So I'd be really interested to know what the others think about that and maybe it's actually all right to say if you feel ick about one night stands, casual sex, using a sex worker, multiple dating, whatever the thing is, that that's okay too and um, being able to own that and who you are as a person uh, doesn't really matter where you are on that spectrum. So yep, thoughts welcome. Bye. Well, well, well. What do you think of that? I think that is a profoundly sensible thing to say. You know, couldn't agree more. Yeah, because if yeah. we're going to try to say, hey, sex positivity is a great thing, mm. then the reverse has to be true too, and we need mm. to have respect for that. Yeah. So much of the shit that we went through in the 90s was because we felt that we couldn't say no. That's right. The issue of true consent was yes. never approached. And then the post-feminist generation, the first first generation of uni students I taught, mm. they had just, they were the products of post-feminism. Mm. And what that meant for them was that they were being pretty much abused in most relationships because they thought that to be a cool ladette, mm. you had to say yes to sex whenever you wanted mm. it. I mean, they wanted it. Yeah. 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 Otherwise you're prude. What is wrong with saying no? I mean, I I can't speak that much because all my one-night stands were pretty friggin' disastrous. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know that I'll ever be in the position again of of having one. one. But I I do think that, you know, if you want to have a relationship, that's what you go for. And that's going back to what we said earlier about the sapiosexual. Yes. You know, other people, some people get attracted to the sort of just companionship, which Mm. will also have intimacy rather than just rogering. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it's interesting on the back of the discussion we've just had about um, posi- body positivity and even cultural relativism and all that. There is a perverse kind of thing I think that can happen maybe even on this podcast and certainly in this ether where we talk so much about we're trying to counter the shame. Yeah. The shame that is put on women who come into their sexuality and the shame that all genders have have felt in terms of their body and sex encountering that there can be a perverse kind of end point of going so you've got to do it absolutely right and so you've got to be putting it about and you've got to be having one night stands and you should have three guys on the go and you should be comfortable to hire a sex worker and you should and you should no shoulds no right if you know yourself and you know what i actually want is a monogamous relationship with one human being that's long term I have no issue with that. All I have an issue with is if you bullshit about it, yeah, or if that yeah. comes from a place um, of of shame, yeah, rather than what you actually want, yeah, from an empowering place. 
But you might be old enough to know that's what well, you're about. Well, that's what I was going to say. If you know, she's the same age as me. Yeah. She's she's old enough to know what she wants. Yeah. And and it, one night stands are not for everybody. No. They absolutely are not. And I think I noticed in dating that there is a certain amount of kind of what she's speaking about. I think there's a certain amount of pressure on women to be okay with that and so they maybe even pretend to themselves they're okay with that and then they're not and then you're both in the shit. Do you know what I love about about that so with my daughter, my, my elder daughter, we had when we had the talk yeah. when her period started. Yeah. And um the talk was basically you need to get to know your body. Yeah. So that you know what gives you pleasure. Yeah. And we talked about masturbation. We talked about, uh, I was going to say microwaves, vibrators. (laughs) (laughs) Talked about microwaves. Talked about vibrators. Uh, Talked about oral sex. Yeah. Talked about it has to be on your terms. Yeah. Um, I don't think we discussed anal, but, you know, we just, we just, and it was great because, you know, she's, I I, I did ask, I just like to point out, I did ask if she was okay with me talking about her on this. And she said, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, because we were just discussing her vibrator under a pillow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I mean, funny oh, enough, of course. imagine that, us at 20. Can you imagine? Can you? Uh, at the end of the conversation, of course, she did say, mum, you do realise I'm straight and you've, yeah. ne- you've, you've never <laughs> been with a man. You're a gold star. <laughs> well, I know, but you can ask, ask your other mother about penises. I can't tell, but I can talk to you about masturbation. <laughs> Um, but for people listening, gold star means you've never had sex with a man. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's that's a whole other discussion. I'm getting you back to discuss <laughs> the whole concept of gold stars. Yeah, but I just love, you know, I think it's really important to we can, you know, we talk about sex shame, but we can shame the other way too. We can go, well, you're a prude. And you know, it's awful. There's a beautiful uh, yeah. comedian, Melbourne comedian Anne Edmonds, who many people will know, and she did a great joke. <laughs> the punchline was basically she go, I just want. Man on top, woman on bottom, sex. I just don't want any anything else. And like the <laughs> exasperation, and it was this beautiful moment of kind of going, "That's fine." If that, if you're yes. happy with that, yes. and you know that that's what you want, and they're your limits and they're your boundaries, yes. that does not make you a prude. Absolutely not. You do not have to fuck everything that moves no. to be empowered. That's no. disempowering if you're doing it out of duress. Completely. And and I remember that from the the nineties and the Leslie scene when it started to turn yeah, all, for sure. all, all all kinky in the early nineties. Yeah. And it was just stressful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, I remember feeling, feeling you way too not enough no, of anything. No. And that's not that's not empowerment. That's actually it's another not. form of shame. Absolutely. It's another kind of Puritan puritanical kind of approach to sex in a weird way. Yeah. You know, yeah. that if you're not prepared to get flogged, you yeah. know, or whatever it is, or be poly. No, that is quite nice, but that's yeah. <laughs> Whatever you're into, yeah. but if you're – she knows what she's into. Yeah. And I think you're right, and we need to probably talk about it more. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's finish up quickly with your – she's a 10, but if you were – imagine yes. you were going on a date. I had to ask – Preferably superficial. Yes. I had to ask my kids this because I couldn't imagine going on yeah. a date. <laughs> Uh, daughter number one said, anyone who says between you and I and thinks it's grammatically correct. <laughs> There's so much grammar stuff that uh, she's a 10, but she spells your. Then that's what my other, are, that's yeah, what my other daughter yeah, said. Yeah, you're in your, I cannot tell you. So I, there, I, there and there. I try very hard not to correct people. In yeah. fact, I don't. Yeah. But I cannot tell you how many times a day I die inside yeah, yeah. when I hear people say between you and I. Yeah. And. <laughs> It's, it's very painful being a pedant. <laughs> very painful. But I'm glad that you have enough class awareness to squash that down. 
and keep that to I yourself. I will not. I will not correct people. Yeah. No matter. But if you say obtuse and abstruse yeah. and confuse them, I will correct you. <laughs> if you, for me, it's very unique. Something can't be very, can't be very unique. unique. Yes, it's unique or it's not. Yes. Triggered. Triggered. No oxymorons oh. in this conversation. Right. Last but not least, I'm going to give you a different one. If you knew now, then, if you had the knowledge now from 54, if you went back to 20-year-old Jane and went, right, I've got all this life experience and love and romance and dating experience, would you change anything? What advice would you give to yourself? Oh, I think I'd just try to make myself be nicer to myself and not to have to... Say yes to everyone. Yes, you know, not to have to, <laughs> not to please. When the um, when the the Butch Dyke alcoholic uh, heart transplant girlfriend says to me, oh, you can't that possibly we going to come back to. You can't possibly want to go out with me because I've 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 got you know I'm an alcoholic. I've done drugs. I've had a heart transplant. Uh, and sure, bring it on. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll love you out of all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, give me a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just say no. You can. It's okay to say no. You it's don't find okay. her attractive. She's okay abusive. No. You can say no. Yeah. It's okay. Yes. Well, and again, I swear, whether you want to or not, you're coming back on this podcast because <laughs> to me, that's a whole other conversation that we need to have, like as a as a community, as a broader community, and in the LGBT community of that kind of there is abuse. Yes, within same-sex couples, and we don't talk about it, and we don't. Rec- it's like a dirty little secret, yep. and it leaves people. And I think, particularly in the context of this podcast, people who are coming back into dating, into same-sex relationships, particularly those who have perhaps been in only straight relationships before, and there's a lot of those listening. They're very vulnerable. Yeah, quite frankly, because they don't know. It's very easy to cut. Well, that's what lesbians do. No, and there well, are that's some really weird women out there. You go no. That no. is not that abuse is abuse. Yeah, absolutely. Regardless of the gender mix. Yeah. Regardless of your age. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's get you back on to talk about that. That'll I'd be love cheering. That. Why don't you just well we'll just throw in a few gags. Jane, you were so fabulous. I've I really just enjoyed it. I love talking to you, and you know I don't want to end on a deputy downer, but the idea from any parental figure that you are not an absolute delight and a joy like you I would be proud I'm not old enough to be your daughter your <laughs> but I would be so proud if you were oh Nelly thank you I really would thank you thanks yeah. for having me Nelly, I could use some advice dear Nelly yeah some help would be nice dear Nelly I'm eager to hear your point of a lot to explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly, so I'm hoping we can talk it through. Do. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy. And you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to ACAST and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.